Welcome to Breaking Free Podcast, your recovery, your way. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Liv. You're in the right place if you want to explore what it means to be in recovery, to challenge the things that keep us small, and to learn how to thrive independently. Together, we are Breaking Free. Just a quick reminder that while I'm a nurse and a coach, and Liv is a coach, recovery advocate, and a writer, we are not doctors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you need to, please, please see a doctor. The Alana Club of Portland is proud to sponsor the Breaking Free podcast. Your recovery, your way, is at the heart of our approach to recovery support services. Unity Recovery, an inclusive recovery community organization serving all of Philadelphia, is proud to support the Breaking Free podcast. Recovery is possible. Find your path to break free. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about intuitive eating. I love this topic because this is how I became introduced to Tiffany, really. Mm -hmm. Um, When we began talking, I mean, this we've talked about this before. The podcast was born in Tiffany's car (laughs) and we'd have these long conversations about food and about intuitive eating and, you know, our our relationship as women in recovery with food Mm. and how disordered that can be. Um, So I'm really excited to dive into this. Tiffany is our resident expert. (laughs) Um, If you don't know already, this is what she does for a living. She helps women heal their relationship with food, um, among many other amazing things. Um, (laughs) In case you haven't heard of intuitive eating, she's going to break it all down for us. Tell us, Tiffany, what is it? What What do you mean when you say intuitive eating? It sounds intriguing, but what is it? Yeah. I think a lot of times when people hear of it, they're like, oh, that sounds intriguing. Or they're, you know, or they're like thinking that it's um, using your intuition. Yeah. And I think for some people who do, maybe don't feel that they're very intuitive or who have struggled in their relationship with food, it can feel like that it's not really possible Mm. to achieve that. And so I think it's important to know, well, first of all, it's not something I just came up with. It is, um, it's It's real, it's real, it's a real (laughs) thing. Um, there are a couple of dietitians who had been practicing for a really long time and they developed this process or program about 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. So there's a book called intuitive eating. There's a workbook and I was fortunate enough to get to be trained by them Mm -hmm. directly, which is lovely. Um, they're so wise and you know, of course I have my own spin on it, but I still follow. So their program has 10 principles Mm -hmm. and I follow those principles. Um, but I want to sum it up kind of in my own words first before we dive into the principles. Okay. So for me, it's essentially letting go of all of the shoulds around food. Mm. All of the, you know, I shouldn't eat after eight o'clock. I should eat everything on my plate. I should not, you know, I shouldn't eat beyond fullness or I shouldn't, um, you know, I should only eat when it's lunchtime or uh, my appetite should be less, right? Or um, I shouldn't eat uh, ice cream or... Or I shouldn't be this hungry. Yeah, I shouldn't be this hungry, right? So any should around food, Mm. around the signals that our bodies are giving us, um, you know, the idea that food is good or bad, right? Mm. So letting go of all judgment um, and all of the kind of rules. So that's all an external locus of control for those of you who are kind of in the um, psychology world. The idea is that we take that control from external mm-hmm. and bring it internal. Whoa. Yeah. Imagine that, being in charge of our own. That's just, the, again, whoa. <laughs> so, yeah, so we get to take back that control. We get to be empowered mm. to make our decisions about food 
based on our own bodies. I mean, that, we don't often swear on this podcast, but I do have to say, I mean, that's a bit of a head fuck, right? (laughs) It is, right? The the idea that, that we can choose for ourselves. I actually wrote an article about this this week. You know, like Tara Moore in her book had said, women are liberated, but they're not empowered. Mm, I love that. Right? Because they look externally for guidance. Mm. And we're taught to do that our entire lives. Mm -hmm. We need, I mean, it's the way that the patriarchy is set up, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, But the, the idea that we we have the control and the innate wisdom and we don't need it from somebody else goes against all of our conditioning. Yeah, absolutely. It's not modeled for us. No. We're not encouraged to do that, like you said. Yeah. And what was really interesting is, you know, she goes on to say that like women themselves tone down their language to Mm. be more appealing and likable. Mm. You know, we, we add just... Yeah. And, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things. And when we take them out, we're considered to be a bitch. Yeah. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like we say, I just think or, you know, we really do minimize yeah. our power and our, yeah. our um, capabilities. Yeah. Our strength. Yeah. We don't stand in, in who we are. So that's what I love about intuitive eating is, you know, is the idea that actually – we can empower ourselves to make decisions about our body and our hunger that are right for us, not what other people tell us we should do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had, even like even this week, how many conversations I've had where someone has said, I just don't know what to eat anymore. I just had a conversation yesterday with someone Mm. and she's like, I just don't even know what to eat anymore. And we did this, you know, we I, it wasn't a coaching call, but I was, you know, we kind of explored what she eats mm. and we were eat, we were at Whole Foods, which yeah. we call Whole Paycheck. But, yeah. you know, we were lucky enough to meet up there and, and be able to eat lunch there. And she had this beautiful salad that had all of these colors in it. And she's like, if I could just eat here every day, you know. I would be very happy if I yeah. could eat Whole Foods every day. Oh, my gosh. And it was gorgeous. It had like butternut squash in it and these beautiful bright greens. And uh, I think some beets were in there mm. and there was some maybe, oops, maybe some feta cheese something like that um so what what it boiled down to is that she eats really well actually and that she but she had some food intolerances and then she's so confused because of all of the messages right and she hikes regularly and she's somebody who really takes care of herself Mm. and by the end of the conversation she was saying you know my body is bigger now um you know she's older has gone through menopause and um you know she's like but I'm realizing that that's just how my body is and that that's okay and it was it was really cool she's like yeah I mean I'm actually I feel good yeah you know like she's really healthy and she really takes care of herself and her body's just changed and that doesn't mean that there's any should around her food just mm. because she's you know her her size and shape has changed over the years but that's reinforced by the diet culture right yeah absolutely and we do have a whole episode on that um we'll get that number for you briefly yeah so Anyway, so basically... Episode 14. Oh, episode 14. Okay, great. So, um, you know, the idea is that we take that locus of control Mm -hmm. from externally to internally. The thing is that we also... There's some work to be done, right? Mm -hmm. Because we haven't really developed that trust and that connection with our body. And so it takes body attunement. It takes really getting... um, What is that? I know. What is that? (laughs) Yeah. So it's... It is being in tune with the messages mm-hmm. and the signals that our bodies are giving, our body gives us, and so and then honoring those messages. Yeah. 
So we don't necessarily, everybody has, you know, it's a, it's a spectrum, right? So everybody has a different level of that yeah. and different things that they are more in tune to than others about mm-hmm. their body. Um, and so that's something that we strive to develop in the intuitive eating world. And once we've developed that connection and that honoring of our mess, of our needs, then we can really rely on our body to tell us, you know, what it needs and wants. Mm, that's beautiful. I said that like an American. <laughs> She's getting there. <laughs> Although I love her accent, so I hope it never goes away. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, intuitive eating is is such a powerful topic. I mean, it's 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 powerful and it's intense and it's big, right? Mm. Which is why we're breaking it into two episodes. <laughs> um, so. Let's dive a little bit more into intuitive eating and the the benefits of doing that. Oh, yeah. So there's so many benefits. So first of all, you know, just what I like to have people imagine is if you didn't have to have shame around food, if you didn't have to judge yourself mm. about what you chose to eat, if you could naturally know what foods make you feel well, what makes you feel good... Uh, if you could just enjoy food and have more satisfaction, mm. more freedom and balance in your relationship with food, how would that feel? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would feel, um, well, it does feel very different. I'm relatively new in the intuitive eating world. I, I did your course and, you know, we talk a lot about intuitive eating. Um, I'm curious how, you know, there are a lot of our listeners are in recovery. Um, what does it mean for people in recovery? You know, because this podcast is about people breaking free from um, all of the paradigms that keep us small. Mm. What do you think about um, how, uh, I mean, and I know this affects men. Mm. Men tell me, they email me and they say, this affects me too. Mm. Um, but they're not as vocal about it as women. So mm. let's say all individuals in recovery. Mm-hmm. How do you think, um, gosh, this is such a big question. <laughs> what do you think about the relationship between people in recovery and intuitive eating? Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to dive in on the next episode more to the barriers. And I think there may be more barriers for people who mm-hmm. um, struggle with substance use or alcohol use or who have trauma, you know, depending on what you're recovering from. Yeah. But there's also a really great opportunity here because I, f- I feel like people in recovery – already understand that there's a process to growth, to healing, to um, learning how to do something differently. Mm -hmm. So they're already breaking free, right? And so we can now apply those same skills and those same um, experiences to our relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is a lot of times people, um, especially people who struggle with alcohol use disorder or substance use disorder, after getting sober or after finding recovery and, you know, beginning whatever that path is, we tend to, you know, we tend to eat a lot of sugar. We yeah. tend to kind of shift um, the way that we comfort ourselves sometimes mm. to food. And intuitive eating definitely can help with that. And it also is something that I've seen for a lot of people, especially people in long-term sobriety, that we tend to try to control our relationship with food and fight and struggle with our bodies. Yeah. And so there's this adversarial relationship. And I think that's almost encouraged. In yeah, recovery. I think it is. And I think, you know, there's some really unhelpful language 
around this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, people people call themselves sugar addicts. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a whole episode on uh, that. Oh my god! <laughs> right, and but but we don't take into account the physiological changes that happen to us mm-hmm. when we find recovery, which is you know. We have low dopamine tone. Mm-hmm. You know, our body is telling us, like, this is the principle of intuitive eating, right? What is our body telling us, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's telling us that it, it needs something. Yeah. So why why do we punish ourselves for it? Yeah. Like, we, we really hit ourselves over the head, you know, in recovery again and again. Um, yeah. Anyway, so in the next episode, we're going to talk about barriers. This one's more about the how-tos. Yeah. Go. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go over the 10 principles. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to be brief. They will be also included in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so I'll mention each principle and then my take on it. Um, but you can check out the full version from the actual um, founders of intuitive eating on the show notes. All right. So the first one is reject the diet mentality. And that's really rejecting diet culture. We do have that whole episode. I believe it was 14. You know, mm-hmm. go ahead and listen to that. But the idea is that we reject any uh the concept of restriction we reject Mm. the idea that we um you know that our appetites are bad (laughs) right um and we really start to look at in what ways am i still you know believing in diet culture right Mm. so kind of the idea that i need to be smaller the idea that um in order to be good i need to lose weight I can't eat that because... Yeah, exactly. So all of all of the diet culture messages. And mm-hmm. so we start to really bring more awareness around that and examine those thoughts and question, where is this coming from? Mm. I think that's a really good point. Question, right? Mm. This is like a principle of mindfulness rather mm. than instead of... I, I think we, so often we are highly critical of ourselves in recovery. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of... One of the great things about intuitive eating is it shows us how to be compassionate towards ourselves mm. by asking, by getting curious, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's all about curiosity. I love yeah. that. And you'll see that in multiple principles. But I feel like um, it is something in the work that I do with people, mm. it's something we come back to every conversation. Yeah. So it's really, um, you know, and later we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, um, you know, how to's uh, and this is, I would say, the first how to get curious. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's the next principle? <laughs> uh, honor your hunger. Oh, what's that like? <laughs> uh, I can't tell you how many times someone comes to me and says that they're just an emotional overeater. They binge. They eat at night. They eat everything in sight. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about, well, what are you eating during the day? Oh, well, I had some coffee for breakfast. Oh. Um, maybe they had a small salad for lunch if they stopped to eat lunch at all. Mm. And then they're starving by the evening time and wondering why, you know, so they're eating very little calories, Mm -hmm. very little nutrients or nourishment during Mm -hmm. the daytime. And then they're really hungry. Weird. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) Yeah. So I've actually developed a a hunger scale and I'd be happy to um, include that in the show notes. And the hunger scale, the idea is we really don't want to let ourselves get too hungry because when we're too hungry, then we're going to have that pendulum swing. You know, we're, yeah. our body thinks we're going into starvation mode. And yeah. so then we're going to eat beyond fullness. Yeah. And that's simply a biological response to being overly hungry. Yeah. It's not that you're a bad person. No. There's nothing right? wrong with you. <laughs> Your My body God. is doing its job. Yeah. So honoring our hunger signals, so simply eating when you're hungry, like regularly. 
<laughs> These, you know, in essence, they're quite simple principles, but we've become so distorted in our relationship with food mm-hmm. that that they're kind of mind blowing in a way. Well, they are to me um, because I've had a, a disordered relationship with food my whole life. So mm. yeah, me too. me too. Yeah, and it, I mean, for me, it was I knew immediately this was what I needed. Yeah. Um, but you know, it takes a while to practice, mm. and it takes trust. And um, but this one really, <laughs> I still sometimes like. I'll, yesterday, I left the house uh-huh. that that lunch meal. We were supposed to have a tea date, and I yeah. I messaged her. And I was like, I. I'm going to be out of the house from, you know, 11 until 9 o'clock tonight. And yeah. I didn't even consider lunch. Could we meet at, at a place to eat lunch? You know? uh, and it's like my job to tell people to eat food. Yeah. And I still just didn't even think about it. Wow. I, yeah. Like I'm going to have to feed myself in the yeah. middle of the day today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> That's a good idea. Fortunately, she was, you know, flexible and yeah. totally honored that I needed to eat. Um, so, yeah. So honor your hunger. So mm-hmm. simply eat when you're hungry. Um, it's harder, it's easier said than done, but, um, but you know, the idea that our appetite is somehow bad or needs to be minimized or diminished. Or that, or that we can work around it, right? So that that things take priority. Uh, Yeah. I find that a lot. Um, I just do this then. Then I'll eat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important to feed ourselves when our body's giving us that message. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is making peace with food. Oh, (laughs) Yeah. So, How do you do that? Oh, man. Yeah, so the idea is that all food is food. Um, and we want to make... You mean it's not nutrition? It's <laughs> not nutrition. It's just food. It's all just food. It's food. We, yeah. we eat food, not nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we want to make food emotionally neutral. So mm. ice cream's not bad. Kale isn't good, although I do love kale. She I also loves, love ice she cream. loves kale. <laughs> I really do. Every day, kale. Every day. I ate some today. Um, but I also do love ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't do well with dairy, so I eat coconut ice cream. But yeah. I still eat ice cream. Um, and the reason that we want to make food emotionally neutral is that we don't want to – if food is good or bad, then if we eat food that's bad, we're mm. bad. And it, it triggers a shame response. So yeah. it triggers a wiring that, you know, causes us to have shame. And the more shame we have, actually, the more desire we have to numb out or self-soothe. Um, so we're more likely to, to eat have... more of those foods. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw, uh, my niece posted on social media. I can't remember which, which platform, but she posted and it said, uh, have you ever looked at your body and regretted eating junk food and then proceeded to eat all the junk food? <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, you know, it's kind of funny cause I can relate to that, you know, mm. and, um, and it, and it's actually true. It's, the research shows that it's true. And so we really want to divorce any sort of judgment from food simply mm. because it actually contributes to disordered eating. It doesn't help us if we judge food. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that one is really helpful. And I feel like that's one of the hardest ones. There's still some foods that I'm like, mm, but that food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know? feel that way about processed food. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it's not that we don't use discernment. It's not that yeah. we throw nutrition out the window, um, but we do recognize that food is food. It's not good or bad. We don't need to have a moral judgment about it, um, but we can still decide like, you know, gosh, when I eat Cheetos, like I feel bloated or yeah. um, for me, you know, when I eat cane sugar, I get a headache. So yeah. I mostly avoid it. I get to yeah. decide though. Yeah. Is that something I want to have? Is it worth it? Mm. Sometimes it is, um, but all, oftentimes it's not. 
All right, we're going to take a pause here so that we can hear from our awesome sponsors. The Alana Club of Portland is proud to sponsor the Breaking Free podcast. Your recovery, your way, is at the heart of our approach to recovery support services. As the largest and most diversely programmed non-clinical recovery support center in the United States, we've been proudly breaking barriers and forging new pathways for years to ensure everyone has a home in recovery. From peer mentoring to recovery CrossFit, from trauma-informed yoga to mindfulness training, the Alano Club of Portland has a recovery pathway that's right for you. Here at Unity Recovery, we believe recovery should be the expectation, not the exception. Whether you find support with mutual aid, harm reduction, medication, or yoga, your recovery is beautiful and worth celebrating. Learn more and become part of the recovery movement at unityrecovery.org. And we're back. But all, oftentimes it's not. And actually, you know, like when I eat, I, I eat a relatively... Uh, nutrient-dense diet you know mm-hmm. I eat a lot of stuff that I make myself and you know even when I eat out I, I'm not someone that likes to eat boxed foods and I'm not criticizing anyone that does it's just like I don't feel good when I eat that yeah um so I, I guess that's where my judgment comes from is I I do sometimes label it as bad as like mm-hmm. you know and and we know that you know the scientists have made that food they've highly manipulated that food to make us want more of it yeah highly, highly palatable. palatable food yeah mm-hmm. like high in sugar fat salt mm-hmm. um and yeah that's where my judgment comes from mm-hmm. um but I I realize I am probably a little judging of other people when I see them eating it yeah I'm like oh you shouldn't right mm-hmm. because yeah. we're shown like those foods are not necessarily good for our bodies yeah and so in each person's body is different so you know coffee is a great example right like there's some people they can drink coffee they enjoy it it doesn't seem to cause a problem it doesn't seem to you know they don't have cravings Mm. and there's other people that you know they're up to like three pots a day they don't feel well right and then there's some people who um you know they have like half a cup and they're super jittery and they can't even sit still and they don't feel well so you know if you're and i I just can't even, like, I don't like the taste of coffee. Mm. But, you know, it, I mean, everybody's different. And so recognizing that for my body, this may be doesn't make me feel well. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, food is still food. And if someone wants to have a cupcake, n- maybe they're enjoying it, maybe yeah. not. And so I really rely more on, is this satisfying to me? Mm. And how does this make me feel? Not whether it's good or bad. So that if I do eat it, mm. I'm not good or bad. And it's a boundary thing too, isn't it? Like for me to judge another person and to, to, to push my view on mm. someone else, I mean, we're going to have a whole, at least one episode on boundaries. Oh, yeah. Is, you know, let's remove the, the shoulds from what other people should be doing, right? Yeah. Totally. And I love that you bring that up because there's also an element of privilege. Mm. So, you know, not everyone has access to... You know, there's a reason they call it whole paycheck and not everyone can afford to go buy a bunch of fresh organic produce. Mm-hmm. There are places in the, this country that, you know, there isn't even an accessible like full grocery store yeah. within someone's neighborhood. Yeah. So they've got, you know, plaid pantry or, you know, mini mart. Yeah. And that's all. Yeah. So, you know, I'm fortunate, like I live in Portland, there's a lot of access to, you know, natural grocery stores and um, I can have those natural grocery stores deliver food directly to my door within like three hours, you know, and that and financially we're stable enough that we can afford to invest in our food. But 
you know, not everyone has that. And no, because it is an investment, it right? Is. Food yeah. is expensive on the West Coast. It is, yeah. And it's also a, like a time and an energy. You know, when mm. I was a single mom, man, like we like, you know, stuff out of packages way more often or, mm-hmm. or to-go stuff, you know, way more often than once I was done with nursing school and I was married and we had, you know, home, like, more peaceful home life and I was yeah. able to, you know, spend more t- a time investment yeah. in creating food. So, you know, it's something to really consider that, that – and in addition to that, not everyone was brought up in a way that real food was valued, you know, so – that's a really um, good point. Just you do what you habits. know, right? Yeah. So doing having that habit mm. of eating the quick and easy versus, you know, someone it's I can tell you when I have clients come to me who, you know, their parents cooked real food when they were a kid, it's easier for them to transition into, you know, eating more for their health or nutrition. Yeah. So Yeah, I my mum often cooked from scratch. We we had some processed food, but not not a lot she you know she instilled those values in us so that's you know I thank her for my ability to cook and Mm -hmm. source food um but yeah I get the I get the challenges around that so so that's a few principles what's what's the next principle all right so the next one is to challenge the food police (laughs) so I love that they call it the food police uh it just immediately you know conjures this image I like a spotlight, you know. Nino, Nino. <laughs> so yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so really, it's any you know any rule about mm-hmm. food. So you know whether it's familial rules from when you were a child, like you only eat you know at the table, you only have dessert after dinner, you have to clean your whole plate, eat your vegetables. You can't have breakfast for dinner. Yes, yeah. you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. It's called Brenner. <laughs> Right. And then up into adulthood. So, you know, maybe it's stuff that you've told yourself. I, mm. I had this session with someone one time who wasn't allowing herself to eat after seven o'clock at night, but she wouldn't really eat during the day because she had a busy business. So then from like five to seven, her no. body, like she was desperate for food. Yeah. And we talked, um, you know, a while later and she's like, so I'm eating food. <laughs> <laughs> and weirdly, I have more energy and wow. like I don't feel, you know. Yeah, and it was funny because that rule of eating after seven, it was totally arbitrary. She'd heard it on, like, you know, Oprah or something, right? Um, yeah, it's a really wow. bummer. And yeah. I love Oprah, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you hear these kind of, you know, or Dr. Oz or whatever. Mm. And then it becomes this, like, oh, I should do this. And whether it's right for your body or yeah. not. So, um, yeah. So that's challenging the food police. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is to respect your fullness. And so we've talked a little bit about the hunger aspect of Mm. it and the fullness is also on that hunger scale and really what we want is to become more in tune to when we are full yeah so you know how many times have you eaten like a bag of chips in front of or crisps yeah uh, in front of the tv right and then you're like eating and eating and eating and all suddenly your hands like digging around in the bottom there's nothing left yeah and it's like oh my gosh i didn't even more (laughs) yeah i didn't even notice right like i ate the whole thing yeah um so that's a really interesting concept because often we associate fullness with the end of something, right? Mm-hmm. Eating for to completion. Yeah. Your plate's empty, your bowl's empty, the bag's empty. Yeah. You can't get down from the table until you finish your plate. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of whether our body wants that food or not. Mm. And so... Um, this was a really powerful part of the course for me, of your course, when mm. when you, you know, challenged us to consider what signals our body sends to us mm. to tell us that we're full. 
yeah, everyone's a little different. Yeah. And so it's really getting, and once you develop that sense of it, it's a lot easier. Mm. You know, you can recognize it. And the other thing that I find really interesting about this principle is that if you eat foods that are more satisfying, Mm. your fullness signals are going to be stronger. And you're going to feel full for longer. So the satiety is a piece of this. Hmm. So it's really an interesting idea. So if we eat with less distraction and we eat things that are satisfying to us and we just simply, you know, try to pay attention, we can really get in tune with that signal and it becomes really strong. Hmm. Now, it's not to say we don't want to turn intuitive eating into a diet. It is not a diet. There's no, we're not trying to do this perfectly. None of these are rules. They're principles. Mm. Um, And so with this one, I feel like people get hung up. And so if you eat beyond fullness... Say you're having a really stressful day or you did get overly hungry or you're feeling emotional and you just are like, I want the whole cake regardless, yeah. right? Or I'm yeah. going to eat that whole bag of chips yeah. even though I'm full already. Yeah. There's, it's Again, you're not bad. So no. letting go of judgment and shame. Instead, we're going to back up and notice what was going on. That led me to want to eat beyond the fullness. The curiosity, right? Yeah, curiosity. Mm. So, yes. Instead of punishment. Yeah. I need to now go and run five miles. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that, no. <laughs> nope. So, um, yeah, so we really, want to, we really want to notice our fullness signals mm. and have an awareness, but it doesn't mean that we're only eating when we're hungry and we're only eating to fullness ever and that if we don't do that, we've not done it right. Right. I think that's that's the overarching principle, isn't it? That the, there is no right or wrong way of doing intuitive eating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about what works for you and your body. Yeah. And also kind of where you're at, you know. Hmm. Um, What's the next principle? All right. Next principle, discover the satisfaction factor. What? <laughs> this is what made me be so excited about intuitive eating as the idea that my satisfaction is a priority. It's just as much hmm. of a priority as these other 10 principles. Um, yeah. Making food be satisfying to me. What does that look like? (laughs) Well, you know what it looks like for me. Um, (laughs) Kale. But yeah, kale. Um, For me, it's like warm food in a bowl. Kira's cupcakes. Kira's cupcakes are amazing. I'm a cake person, but I do have a gluten intolerance that makes it really not worth it for me to eat gluten. So Mm. if I can find really good gluten-free cake or cupcakes, it's... I feel rodacious. Really <laughs> Is it rodacious? Uh, rodalicious. Uh, we need some bells here. So Kira's, <laughs> uh, rodalicious, and Gem are oh, the ones yeah. in Portland that we yeah, love. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we uh, recently went to Canada. We went to BC and we went to Whole Foods and we were staying at an Airbnb and I went to the cake section to find them and they weren't there. Oh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're local. <laughs> It was so sad. It was really sad. Yeah. I often, when I go to another city, kind of explore, like, what gluten-free bakery options they have. And yeah. I feel like we're so spoiled here. Yeah, we really are. Yeah. We're, this is a – Portland is a mecca for um, holistic living. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're gluten-free, if you're vegan, if you are paleo, it doesn't – you can find it here. It's, it's really – it's, it's, it's inclusive in all the ways. 
Yeah. Yeah. I do really love the food scene here for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, So yeah. So that's Discover the Satisfaction Factor. Again, it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I was mentioning about this lunch that I had yesterday with this woman, she had this big, beautiful salad. And and I asked her, what was it about the salad that was so satisfying? And she said, Mm -hmm. well, it's because it's so colorful. And so it's like, oh, we'll bring that into Mm -hmm. your cooking at home, right? Yeah. Um, So for me personally, it's warm, savory in a bowl. And I love salty things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also love... Something that really feels like a treat, right? Um, and then in the summer, I want like crispy and fresh. So mm. noticing for me, it's like texture and then like the energy of the food. But it's different for everyone. Yeah. I think for me, it's fat. Mm-hmm. Fat, um, some kind of carbohydrate mm-hmm. and uh, color. Mm. Color and texture mm-hmm. are really important to me. I noticed that um, there's this place that I go to on Haw- Southeast Hawthorne called holism Mm. and their food is so colorful Mm. and i realized like oh this is this is is part of my satisfaction factor is a range of different colors on my plate Mm -hmm. and and you know they do this hollandaise sauce with coconut milk Mm. and turmeric Oh, I'm going to have to try that because I, yeah. I have – so the two things, my two things are gluten and eggs, and it's so hard to find a hollandaise sauce that's really we good. We should go. Mm. Yeah. Yummy. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I learned th- about you the other day. You said you love condiments, and I didn't know oh, that. Oh, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love sauce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love – in all the ways. <laughs> all the sauces. She's, She's mu- saucy. She's mucky. <laughs> What's uh, the next one? All right. So honor your feelings without using food. Hmm. How do we do that? I know. So, again, this isn't about doing it perfectly, and we don't try to control the food. Mm. Instead, what we do is we try to learn about our emotions and what's really going on and Mm. what do we need here, right? So if I come home and I'm feeling the need to self-soothe or if I notice myself – you know, eating more food, like eating beyond fullness regularly, Mm. then it's like, well, what's happening that's causing me to feel, you know, what are the feelings underneath this? And what Mm. is the need? Um, So, you know, recently I noticed I was eating uh, and like eating kind of more than normal um, and sometimes eating beyond fullness while watching TV a lot. Mm. And I was like, what is going on? And I realized my chronic back injury was flaring really bad. Mm. And so I was having a lot of pain in my body. So I was using food, yeah. which it, it's, effect, it's fairly effective at that, right? Like it increases your dopamine, right? And actually helped me calm down mm. and feel a little better. So instead of trying to control food, I went and found a new chiropractor and I'm addressing my back injury. Mm. So, you know, what we want to do is really get down to the root. And, and um, the way that I usually encourage people to do this is ask ourselves, how do I feel and what do I need? Mm. So, you know, if you know so what important. you're feeling, you can recognize that there may be a need under that. So maybe mm-hmm. I just need, I'm feeling sad. I just need to let myself feel sad. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm feeling like a lack of support and I need to call a friend. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I hate my job so bad and I need to, you know, make some adjustments there. Quit. Right? <laughs> Quit your job. No, we, we don't want to be responsible for anybody. But, you know, like there may be – maybe you could transfer to a different department. Maybe it's a coworker you're having mm-hmm. problems with. You need to have a conversation with them. Maybe your job isn't a good fit for you and you're yeah. not passionate about it. So working on, you know, your passion project, whatever yeah. that is. Get curious. Get curious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this one is really valuable. I think this is the thing that people come to me the most often for is that they think they're an emotional overeater. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this principle really helps with that, getting down to how we're actually feeling. Mm -hmm. 
And then we start to get more into the actual, you know, the health aspects. And so with intuitive eating, we don't disregard health, um, but it's one principle among 10, right? Or each mm-hmm. principle is has equal weight. Um, and so you can kind of decide when you're ready for that. And the reasons that these principles are towards the end is because we want to address all these other things first. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, we're not going to do it in a linear fashion. But if you're trying to focus on, you know, eating healthy when you're still not honoring your hunger or you're still, you know, struggling to honor your emotions without using food, these things, it's going to be really challenging. Yeah. So and you may end up using that almost like a diet, right? So the next one is actually um, respect your body, and then we get into exercise and then nutrition. So respecting your body so valuable because it is really about first of all having gratitude that our bodies are um, doing amazing things for us all day every day. I think that's so important, isn't it? Because when we feel like we're in a bigger body, and then we have that negative association with it because that's what we're taught to have. Mm-hmm. Diet culture, for yeah. sure. There's, there's definitely stigma. It's a real thing. There's stigma. There's fat stigma in our world. Right. So there's this experience. level of dissociation with our body where mm-hmm. we're like looking at, you know, and I I do this. I still do this now. And it's, you know, I have to catch myself doing it and try and get curious around it. But it's that, oh, look at that part of me. And so mm-hmm. the idea of respecting my body is actually a way more compassionate uh, process, mm. you know, and, and way to relate to myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But again, like you said, it's not something that we're taught to do. We're no. not modeled that we often have reasons that we're not connected to our body. Mm-hmm. Right. So we want to get more connected. Um, if it feels safe or create a, a safe environment to do that in, mm-hmm. um, for me, just giving myself like little squeezes, you know, like mm. little, little body squeezes, squeezing my arms and my, I'm doing it now. Yeah. That helps me to be connected and to show gratitude and love for my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's not that we're necessarily striving to, like, oh, I I love my body and, what you know, all these things. But having respect and acceptance for our body um, is really mm-hmm. valuable. And to me, uh, having gratitude for our body is also, like, a, an extension of this. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, thank What's you. the next one? Um, well, and I with that one, I did just want oh, to say. yeah. That um, it also shows up as like self-care, right? Mm. And so for me, this is also, although honoring your health using gentle nutrition is one of the principles, this is it's also touches on that because, you know, if I'm eating, if I were to eat McDonald's like three times a day, I'm not going to feel well, right? And so I want to respect my body by also eating some kale yeah, <laughs> or whatever, like, eat, you know, by including nutritious food mm-hmm. and also by getting enough sleep and by, um, you know, trying to take care of my body in whatever fashion it needs to be taken care for. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then exercise. So this is also a piece of respecting our body. But you don't call it exercise. What do you I call don't. It? I call it loving movement. I love that. <laughs> Why? Well, exercise historically just has a really um, strong association. So diet culture really mm. seeps in here. So strong association with really um, it being to burn calories, right? Yeah. It being um, a should. Yeah. A means of punishment. Yeah. Yeah, so instead we want to have joy and, you know, care you for ourselves. You mean exercise is fun? It can I be mean, fun. movement, loving movement. Movement can be really fun. Hmm. And it's also great for our mental health. Yeah, it really is. I, I remember when I first started this journey, um, you know, I, when I was around 
two years in recovery and I started to get curious. You know, I felt like I was in a really big body. I was felt really depressed. I felt heavy. I felt lethargic. I was exhausted. And I started working with a health coach and, you know, she asked me about my movement. And at that point, it was it was a means of punishment. Mm -hmm. You know, go to the gym five, six days a week. Um, You know, it, it was it was rigid and. And, you know, and then, of course, that was never going to stick. So then I would do nothing and hate myself even more. And she encouraged me to find something that I might enjoy. And that Mm. kind of blew my mind. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I'm so glad that you had that experience because Mm. so many people don't, right? They have a coach who's like, you should work out 30 minutes, you know, five times a week or three, how many ever times a week. And um, and it, it needs to look a certain way. Right. Cardio, right. And we're not here to say if you do work out five times a week, that that's bad. No. Like, because that's not a principle of intuitive eating, no. right? We we respect whatever works for you. But mm-hmm. but it's about getting curious about what what movement do you want to do? What's enjoyable? Yeah. I actually went and bought a bike. It was 33 or 34 years old and I bought a bike. And I actually said to the, the guy in the shop, I don't think I can remember how to do this. <laughs> Spoiler alert, she remembered. Yeah, I did remember. <laughs> and and actually I enjoyed it so much that that became my mode of transport mm, and that's where that's I got awesome. all of my ideas and that's where I felt most at peace and mm-hmm. yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, so that's the thing is that it can it can look like anything, right? Mm. And um and I think each person, like you said cycling, some people, you know, for them it's running. For some people it's yoga. For some people mm. it's um, Zumba or salsa, right? Yeah. For some people it is just like dancing around your house with your kids, mm. you know, or, or by yourself, you know, uh, Grey's Anatomy. I don't know how many of you watch that show, but they they like dance it out. Yeah. That's like a part yeah. of like their friendship. They <laughs> yeah. like dance it out when they're yeah. stressed out or, or even when they're celebrating. So, um, yeah, so it can look like whatever. But the point is that we really want to examine that relationship, like you said, mm-hmm. and we want to move towards toward having taking pleasure in it and doing it for the purpose of feeling good and caring for our bodies Mm, I love that yeah yeah and then the last one is honor your health using gentle nutrition and so um, to me these are both part of respecting your body right Mm. Um, and the gentle nutrition piece again it you know each person gets to decide how how much they want to focus on this Mm -hmm. Uh, for me personally there's periods of my life where I really can uh, you know, I have a, the bandwidth to really focus more on it. And I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur and I feel like it's similar to being an athlete that like, if I want to have the energy and the stamina and the bandwidth to run my business and really step into my power that I need to be well nourished. Yeah. Um, so I do invest in, you know, food, but also like my kids are grown and I, you know, I do work from home so I can take a break and go yeah to the fridge and get food out and prepare it and put it in the oven or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not everyone, I recognize that not everyone's in the same place and that's important to acknowledge for yourself. Um, for some people doing food prep feels constrictive. Like they're going to have to eat this particular food. Yeah. For other people, it feels really great to have something ready for them. So we want to, you know, consider what works for you, what foods mm. you enjoy, what foods make you feel well. So maybe yeah. you're a smoothie person and you feel amazing when you have your smoothie in the morning. Um, or maybe when you eat a smoothie, it just makes you feel like cold and like, you know, it doesn't taste good to you. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, within the keeping in mind satisfaction and keeping in mind respecting our body, what do you want nutrition? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want your food, you know, your your food 
um, patterns yeah. to look like? And how does that support you? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. So those are the 10 principles. Thank you. So um, in closing, how do we, what's one step that we can take yeah. to break free? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the primary thing we've echoed throughout the, this podcast today is really, <clears throat> really letting go of judgment and getting curious. Hmm. One thing that's really important about this is when you have a judgment, we don't want to judge ourselves about the judgment. So we want to be like, oh, I'm having this judgment. And then what does that mean? Where's this coming from? And what's underneath this, right? Yeah. And, and not punishing yourself for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really important. Let's be kind to ourselves, folks. Mm. Yeah, We've absolutely. been through enough. <laughs> absolutely. So thanks for listening, everyone. Um, next week, we're going to talk about um, the barriers to intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the how-tos. So I'm so excited. Thank you for listening to Breaking Free Podcast. Your recovery, your way. We want to hear from you. Email us at hello at breakingfreerecovery.com or join our Facebook group, Breaking Free Community. Tell us what Breaking Free means to you.